Alright, so, fuck yes, welcome back to the Hype New Host, as Brian just with me, as always, is Chewy Darso, Hi. Emily Blake, Yay. and the no longer dead Jonathan Hardesty. I got better. <laughs> he was a zombie, and his hair didn't actually grow, his face just receded, so his brain, or his beard looks much bigger now. Yeah, his hair didn't grow at all, but his beard did. My skin yeah. shrunk, so yeah, the beard came out. <laughs> that is exactly why it... people thought people were vampires, because Science. that happens when you die. John is a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't, I, I can't look at myself in the mirror. It sucks. Oh uh, yeah. So you have no idea what's going on with your beard. No, you have to have people he draw you. He only gets yeah. to see the beard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the rest of his face. Quaffed for yeah. not yeah. being able to see it. Go yeah. you. He's Yay. just trying to see it. He's just I, quaffing it. It's like a, it. yeah. what we do like, in the shadows when uh, they're drawing. Yeah, pictures exactly. Of <laughs> Which just got picked up for ten episodes. <laughs> Go yes. what we do in the shadows. Ex- Piss off, ghost. <laughs> it would have been nice if they shot it in L.A. Well, yeah, because they shot the pilot here. Why, so you could be on it? Well, my friend actually worked on the pilot, and it was like one of the happiest jobs oh. she's ever had. So now that they're moving everything to New York, she's really bummed. Oh. Bummer. Still excited for the show, though. Yeah. Uh, special guest this week and next week-ish. I'm not sure when these episodes are all coming up, but we have Sam Garrison back. Hello. Uh, Sam, I was really excited to have you on for one of these episodes. The other one was just a very happy coincidence, because I figured you'd have a good time with that one. But the yes. one that you want to talk about is the one you don't want to talk about, which is what we're talking about today. Yay! Everyone's favorite Academy Award winning movie. But before we do that, we'll move into a Where Have You Been Doing? Uh, I'll go first. I saw The Bronze. Anybody heard of The Bronze? Mm-hmm. Uh, no one did. Yeah. Oh, no. it was that comedy, right? Yeah, with uh, Michelle or Melissa Rauch. Or Ranch. Um, could just be Ranch. I don't know. Um, it's not Ranch. It's probably not Ranch. Um, but it's a girl who uh, she wrote and directed the movie, or I'm not sure if she directed it. I know she wrote it. Uh, and it's about a girl who was won bronze in the Olympics forever ago. And now she is like small town famous and is very proud of her small town fame, but does nothing with her life. And she's just an awful, awful, awful human being. And she's hysterical. <coughs> and I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it. It was funnier than I ever thought it would be. It has Sebastian Stan in it, and one of the and they have one of the greatest sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It that, is where you never so... get to see Sebastian's penis. No, there's they a... did a lot of work with lights in that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of shooting around. But imagine the most ridiculous version of two professional gymnasts having sex, and that's what they go for. Yeah, and it's very funny. I but was just like watching it, and be like, "Do they?" Stick I'm the really landing? impressed. But how oh, do you do. achieve <laughs> orgasm when you have to do that much work? <laughs> um, but it's it's a. I thought it was a really funny movie. Uh, I can see why people didn't like it because it, she is so unlikable the whole way oh, through yeah. to like the last ten minutes. Maybe she kind of gets redeemed, but even then, it's like, eh, kind of. But she's just kind of awful the whole way through. But if you like her sense of humor and you think her jokes are funny, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. So I just. I would watch. I like the movie more than I like the Big Bang Theory, which is apparently what she's famous for. Yeah, Um, but yeah. So if you want to check it out, I'd say like watch half the Red Band trailer because there's a lot of the jokes from the movie in it. But if you like the jokes you see in that so far, then you can watch the whole thing. If you think it's not for you, it's not. It's not going to be. Uh, But that's it for me. Uh, For me, I finished watching Grimm, staring at Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you're not talking about Infinity War. Oh well. We've you can't really episodes. talk about it. Yeah, People still need to see Infinity oh, War, so it's hard to talk about that. Right, okay. um, but I finished watching Grimm. I'm very sad. Uh, I forgot how freaking emotional the last two episodes are. It's like Ian McGregor and Moulin Rouge, where all your friends are dying, and you're just like, <laughs> and that's uh, Nick Burkhart in the end of Grimm. Is but, Grimm done? Yeah, oh, okay. it had six seasons. Uh, and the funny thing was, is we got our hair cut yesterday, 
And since I finished Grimm, I just, I really, really like Reggie Lee. He's a great actor. First ever noticed him in the, in the first uh, Fast and Furious movie. He's a character actor. You see him pop up here and there. Lately, he's been doing some sitcom stuff. He was on L.A. to Vegas for one episode. He was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine for one episode. And we get our hair cut yesterday, and he walks behind me, goes to the bathroom in his robe, because he's getting his hair cut, and I'm just sitting there going, huh? Like, he gets his hair cut just I, like I do. Yeah. Did you tell him you've been watching Grimm like every oh, day forever? I wanted to, but I never saw him come back from the bathroom. Oh. So I don't really... He must Because Brian was getting his hair cut. So you just told the whole world that Reggie Lee pooped at the salon. <laughs> Maybe not. He could have <laughs> He could have gotten to wash his hair. That's pants. pretty grim. I don't know. Ah. Uh, but it hey, been John's nice. back. Dad <laughs> jokes. I got better. But honestly, being in LA, I don't see celebrities at least i don't see celebrities i care about very often uh and he's very much one of those celebrities where he's not really a celebrity most people don't know his name Mm. but you know his face he's just one of those asian actors that's really common because he's a character actor and he's fantastic in everything he does so this shoot in vancouver yeah or the show no grim shot in portland oh did yeah i was saying like i feel like if you shoot in vancouver then you're going to like every science fiction show has the same 12 actors <laughs> that you just see going around and around and around. They so. shot in Portland and it's funny because occasionally a grim actor will pop up on Portlandia and I'm <laughs> always tickled. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had my, I don't get my like celebrity moments very often anymore because you know, I work in the industry. So you try to like mm. clamp that down, uh, but you I don't was, be weird <laughs> about people you're working yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. I just would have liked to have said, you know, you've been on my mind lately, and I really like you. <laughs> That's not creepy. I know. It there's no way to make it not sound creepy, especially when you're before, like... Before you go poo, i got to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> But that's hey, where can I've you pinch that off? I want to compliment you. Oh. <laughs> hey, honestly, I was going to tell him it's so great to keep seeing you work, though, because I haven't seen any of the other actors. He's in the stall. It's like it's so great to see you work. Oh. You need to see the movie Honey Buddies. What's um, Honey Buddies? The guy that's Nick in, in uh, Grimm. Yeah. He like wrote a movie, and that guy flew Laborg. That's like YouTube famous, but was also in Pitch Perfect too. It's a it's like a bromance movie. Huh. It's super cute. Okay. It would be fun to see him not play Nick. I've only ever seen him play Nick. I know, because he's so charming. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, what about you? Uh, I and three of my friends have been playing Pandemic Legacy, which is a board game. Um, It's the original Pandemic, the game. It's a board game where you stop a virus from spreading across the planet. Uh, on in Pandemic Legacy, it's that game, but every time you play the game, shit changes. So, for example... Um, we were unable to stop the uh, red disease from becoming a pandemic in, like, game two. So now that disease, we can quarantine it, we can treat it, but we can't ever cure it again. And in one game, like, one of our characters, we pulled a card that required us to delete a character. So that person is now gone and cannot be brought back to the game. They're, like, you put stickers on the board to make permanent changes. So every time you play the game, something happens. Um, We have now... I feel like it's because we have represented all four Hogwarts houses. You can only play four people in the game. And when we played the first one, we discovered that each one of us is a member of a different house. And we were like, holy shit, all of Hogwarts is represented in this game. And so that's why I think we were so successful. We have played five rounds in a row and won all five, which is crazy. But the problem is, like, every time you win, the CDC goes, oh, you guys are doing so great. We'll lower your budget. So now that we won five in a row, we have no budget for the next game. So we're like, oh, shit. 
how are we going? Because so we get, you know, like they take away things that you can do, like the ability to fly one character to another city or whatever. Um, and every character has different superpowers. So like my superpower is that I'm the researcher, so I can give like uh, different disease carrying cards to different people, depend like that they can't do that. And then there's somebody else who can just walk through a city and cure everybody in the city. It's just sort of like everybody's got a different power. So you have to learn, you have to figure out like how do I best use this card to take advantage of your power? And it's a cooperative game, which I love. I love cooperative games. Anyway, it's super, super fun. We were having a really good, if you like cooperative games like me, especially if uh, you know three other people who are at the different Hogwarts houses, I highly recommend that. <laughs> um, that's really worked out for us. Um, I am the Gryffindor. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, fun game. Highly recommend it. Really fun. Really scary at times because you're like, no, no, no. Like you can go from having like a disease almost take over the entire planet to having won the game in like two moves. And so it's just really nerve wracking and amazing and fun. Cool. John, what about you? So uh, for my commute lately, I've been using Audible to quote unquote read books because uh, I've been I've been against it for a while. I've been like, oh, that's stupid. And now that I've given it a try, it's not stupid, but I still miss words on the page. Uh, that said, I've been uh, reading Console Wars, the uh, story of Sega versus Super Nintendo. and uh, it was Sega very... lost. Spoilers. Yes. <laughs> and so I knew what was happening, and it was always kind of that uh, bittersweet moment. was like, oh, this is a good triumph. This is great. I remember this. You guys did so well. When are you guys going to fuck it up? And it was it was sad as it happened because it was like... Oh, these Sega were... Saturn. Yep. Saturn. CD. CD. The 32X. And then, yeah, it was... It, but it, Dreamcast. <laughs> Dreamcast. They died in their dreams. Dreamcast should have been good. They didn't even get to the Dreamcast in the book because it, yeah. it was just such a complete failure after, like, I think the 32X and all that. And yeah. Donkey Kong Country had just come out and it was like, this is what Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo can still do in its life cycle. And I'm like, that's it. Yep. And so then, yeah, everyone, everyone disbanded and it was a very sad but interesting t- uh, story. Cool. Sam? I just finished reading all three of Kevin Kwan's Crazy Rich Asians books. So it starts oh. with Crazy Rich Asians Everyone's and then China Rich Girlfriends. Everyone's about that movie on my Facebook. Yeah, well, it's like the first time in 25 years there's been an all-Asian cast in a studio picture yeah. in the United States. It's huge, and these books are so good. And it's the resurrection of like an actual studio rom-com with like women in it. And it's so freaking exciting. I love it. I loved the I loved the books. Like they were so so good and I loved the way everything wrapped up at the end. It's the perfect beach read. I read all three of them in like 2 weeks and it's just like light and fluffy and also I'm like a sucker for lifestyle porn in a big way and it was so cool cuz it's like lifestyle porn but in a different country so I was like oh I'm learning about like I could justify it like I'm learning about the socioeconomics of like Singapore <laughs> so I was like I'm getting smarter but like really I'm just reading about like people crashing Bugattis and wearing really nice clothes do they wake up in new Bugattis <laughs> sometimes no. <laughs> the, the amount of the amount of wealth on display was like staggering and people always talk about that being the appeal of like 50 shades is like the lifestyle porn but this is so much better because this guy kevin kwan actually knows what he's talking about like it and i'm so excited because the movie looks like they're gonna get it right and it won't be like that time i went to see 50 shades freed and like a 2004 durango outran an audi a8 i cannot <laughs> anyway so um highly recommend super fun beach read and i'm, I'm just, so excited for the movie i'm just wondering did you grow up watching uh, the lifestyles of the rich and famous tv show I mean, I grew up Sorry. listening to Good Charlotte. <laughs> 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 
Um, I don't not know so much. Like, I mean, like Cribs, there's a song called "Lifestyles of Rich and the Famous." Oh, I'm yeah, just the TV Cribs, show. Cribs was more my jam, but yeah. Oh. Oh, I love and Cribs. now I, yeah, now I just watch a lot of YouTube car videos with Will, so I, I like reading about fancy cars and fancy clothes. Nice. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah. Now I have good Charlotte in my head. And everything I'm is awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take your clothes, cla- cash cards, and homes and just stop complaining. Terrible pop punk. <laughs> some 41's oh. not somebody, far behind. Somebody from uh, Charlotte is listening right now and they're like, oh. Oh, I remember oh when my I had a God. job. Oh my God. Remember when Joel I married Avril Lavigne? <laughs> How long was I married to Avril Lavigne? Like I don't know two days? One of the guys from Good Charlotte married her. No, wasn't that Good Charlotte? Derek Wibley from Some Forty One married oh, Avril Lavigne. The you guys, guys know way the, more about yeah. Good Charlotte and the Some Forty One than I ever The twins from Good Charlotte are married to, to Nicole Richie and Cameron Diaz. What? So like they made it, you guys. Oh, God, <laughs> they married up. <laughs> wow. Are we sure Nicole Richie's marrying up? That's a good point. Dude, at a po- she's at a so time dope she was. now, though. Is she? Yeah, okay. she's so freaking cool. So right. yes, there's your answer. Right. <laughs> we figured it All out. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so I feel like we should start today's episode. <laughs> there it is. It's in my pocket. Uh, episode. That's in your it. Pocket? I figure we should start. Done. Yeah. Right. Uh, time to slow things down a little bit and get somber. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this today, is not fun. Today's movie is uh, it, it was a huge award bait movie. People really liked it. I told people that I'm covering it this week, and they're like, "Oh, that's so exciting! I loved that movie." And I'm like, "Really." Yeah. Most I, of my friends hate this movie. I like parts of it. Um, I like one shot particularly. I, I really like. There's like we'll get into it. I really like four or five scenes out of the two hour movie, and that's that's about it. Um, but we'll get into those when we get but there. Marketing uh, was like it's funny because look at all the jokes, Francis well, McDormand. They never know how to market. They did Martin that for in Bruges yeah. as well. Yeah. That one I don't really blame them too much for, yeah. but... How do you I, market this movie? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You You're going to feel bad. <laughs> You're just it's here to feel bad. In Bruges is also funny <laughs> in that it's like endlessly <laughs> quotable. Yeah, like, I love going, here's a gay beer from a gay friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's... Uh, we'll get into it. Before we do any of that, though, we should do a breakdown. Uh, now that John is back, we now have video breakdowns again. Yay! Um, we just were helpless without you, John. Yeah, I mean, we shot one on my phone, and then it never saw the light of day. It's still on my phone. And I'm the only one who's seen it, and it will stay that way. Uh, <laughs> It'll be did like, someone get naked? Because it no, sounds it, like it it's just, like... it was so shaky should... and embarrassing. It was right. just not my best work. All right, so here we go. Johnny, ready? Yeah. yeah. Sam, are you ready? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right for this movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, all right, so here we go. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Stupid title. In 30 seconds, here we go, 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 go. So, Xander Cage and the things he does for his country. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. So, this is the shittier movie that has three in the title. Um, a really mean lady loses her daughter, unfortunately, to a rapist and a murderer, and she's on the ca- the cops to solve it. But, of course, they don't, because literally everyone in this town sucks. Um, she starts kind of a little war. A cop commits suicide. Everyone blames her, even though he was sick. And, like, at, I don't know, like, racist people say racist shit. Dumb people do dumb shit. And then they go off to murder a guy at the end. The end. <laughs> Yeah, That's pretty good. That's yeah, yeah that that pretty much uh, sums the whole thing up. <laughs> Everyone actually talked about the plot, which is way better than the. Everyone like, is either an idea. asshole or an idiot. And That's, you got yeah. well, actually, six Peter, seconds of uh, triple X in there too. So. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I kind of wish we had somebody on who actually liked the movie, so that we could hear why. Well, well that's I like why I, and don't like this okay. movie. So here, what, here's my best, and I'll start with this. When faced with renting it for six dollars or buying it for ten, I still bought it for ten. Um, and I did that for a few reasons. I think the the performances are good the whole way through. 
I think the actors do a great job with what they're given, but what they're given is not anything good. But that doesn't so like when Sam Rockwell won his Academy Award for this movie, I still think he deserved it because I think he did a great job. Yeah. Um, but I've, beyond that, like I, I feel like I bought this movie for some performances, but I feel like we should kind of move their way through it. But the the thing that I've read about this movie and that I was trying to figure out a way to try to come at this because I figured most of us were going to be on the side of meh. Um, and I want to put this pitch that I've read on the table and see what we think about it. Uh, this movie was about, apparently, not my words, uh, finding the beauty. You actually kind of mentioned when we watched it. Um, the beauty and like the the ugliness. Like Here's a whole group of terrible people. Let's see how good they can be. So like, if this is the worst of the worst, let's find the beauty in that. Did not work. And, the beauty uh, at the expense of black people and rape victims. Cool. Not just that. Also gay people. And gay also people. A, and little uh, people. Yeah, and little people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to me, this movie is a wonderful exercise and should probably show, be shown in every acting class because the, one, the number one thing they tell you when you go to acting classes, the thing you need to do when you play a character, whether or not you identify with them, can relate to them or not, you need to find the thing in that character that makes them love themselves. You, because you I, need I've to heard be, that before. Yeah. yeah. So th- to me, this movie is a great example of that because none of these characters are likable, but they all feel incredibly real. So that just to me that speaks to. We've all ran into these no, people. No, I in just life. absolutely, I I totally feel the opposite about these characters. I felt like the only person who was real was the replacement police chief. I also like he was son. The, he was just the most honorable the person. Good, yeah. yeah, but he's the only person who felt like a like he was like walked in and was like, yeah, I know what's going on here. Like he felt like a real fucking person. Everyone else felt felt so like like some kind of stereotype or some kind of like this is what yeah, racist people but like. that's my problem with it in I, kind of what you're saying there is that like as much as I agree with Chewie that I feel these characters feel real in this they're, world they're heightened they don't but... feel real for our world yeah. so when you bring in characters like the replacement police chief who feels real for our world it, it really kind of comes at odds with the okay. movie yeah. and I feel like this comes from and I really like Martin McDonough and McDonough and I I've only really enjoyed one of his movies, but I still like, I will still see anything he's made because I like that one so much. But there's something to be said about, like, he's not American, he's not from here, and he wrote a very personal film about a small town in America. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but at a certain time, like, this is where I felt like, no matter how good he is, his never being there or doing this kind of showed like because it felt I, yeah. like it, it felt there's like a, a lot of monologues in this movie which is one I mean, of the things a, but not even the monologues he's a, he's a playwright and that yeah. sort of heightened the heightened characters with yeah, the one the like works. the chorus yeah. coming in to comment on it is very much like a playwright structure yeah yeah and this and felt more like a play than his other two movies i, I absolutely sure. uh i mean the thing is like because i i also fucking love martin mcdonough like i i even loved his short film six shooter is amazing and um and uh, seven psychopaths was about was a meta film about making movies and it had that really quirky perspective and it was all like you know inside itself which is something he knows about in bruges was very personal because he went to in bruges and had all these feelings about it no he's not a math you know like a hired killer but his feelings about in bruges were translated to that film and it's also like European and he knows that world and yeah this movie was not something he's familiar with and it absolutely showed and it structurally too I feel like In Bruges is one of the tightest structured films I've ever seen in my life like everything about In Bruges is just very specific this movie structurally was just everywhere I have no idea what the hell the story was trying where we were going who was it really didn't feel like it had a thing no and like there's a there's a real and the first time I saw it I walked away going I liked it I didn't love it Second time, I'm like, eh, I, I like parts. And yeah. there's the first thing that really bumped me in the movie when the first time I saw it 
was I hate that it's a world without consequences. And mm. I get that's kind of the theme of it, but it still just didn't feel... It didn't. It never really clicked like into like this is the theme. It just kind of felt like it's just kind of a shitty world, which also might be the point. But it just it never rubbed me right. Like she burns down a fucking police station, and everyone knows she did it, and no one cares. Yeah, it's right. really really odd with that because everyone that does violent things in this movie, every, there's no secrets. It's a small town. Everyone knows who everybody else is, and they know your dirty laundry, and they're all okay with just tolerating it. Which is, I guess, related to the whole premise that her killer. The girl's killer got away. Yeah. So yeah. everyone gets away with everything. But yeah. like she's trying to find justice, but justice doesn't exist. Except if you drive away with a shotgun to murder somebody. Yeah, I the mean, ending really kind of threw me up for a loop because so, I had paused so, halfway through being like, okay, are we going to get to it? We're going to get to the kind of the crux of what this movie is. And then at the very know. end, when it cut to credits, I was like, that's it? For me, I was like, it was a little bit of a, like a Thelma Louise thing a little bit. Of like, do they just go off and they never come back to the town? Do they end up getting themselves killed trying to kill this guy? Brian thinks they just use it as a way to cool off and then just it ends. There's no chance they go to kill somebody. Zero percent chance. Which is yeah. even less fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like, I feel like the better ending would be almost. They kill the wrong guy. Yeah, they kill the wrong guy. That would have been almost a more fitting ending for this yeah. movie. It would be so that would put Sad. a punctuation to this <laughs> like, open-ended yeah. sentence. The moroseness would amplify. But the movie's morose the whole yeah. way through. Just because they say funny things every now and then doesn't mean that the movie's not totally just and like the o- Honestly, the only reason most of the stuff is funny is because it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she she's like in the trailers, they all pitched her as this tough as nails. And Frances McDormand is tough as nails. And she's amazing. Yeah. And and she was this like, takes no shit. You know, and I guess we were, were we supposed to like her? Because I'm very confused no. about whether I'm we were supposed to sympathetic towards her, okay. but I don't have to like her to be sympathetic. I mean, because she, it feels like she's, she refuses to take responsibility for being a shitty mom. And instead she blames the one, not necessarily a good person, but like not a bad person in this town, which is Willoughby. Oh, he's just a good old boy. Yeah, but he's not not like as hateable as everyone else. Um, But she... He enables all of those people. Yeah. Yeah, He enables everyone. He's the reason that all those people are there. And when pointed at that, he goes, well, what are you going to do? If you get rid of the the racist cops, get the homophobic cops. It's like... That's true. Only he says the word fag. Yeah. I'm not going that route. (laughs) He's clearly a homophobe himself because he makes two jabs about gay people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's the best one in town. So yeah, and he's yeah, married yeah, to a true. child bride. This seems not bad by comparison, <laughs> yeah. but he's still not I, good. Yeah. I'm really annoyed about his wife because she's like 20 years younger than him or more, and they have seven to eight year old daughters. So it's just like, when the fuck did you marry her and knock her up with straight out of high school? Yeah. Compared Gross. with like her ex husband, who's also dating someone extremely young. Who's an idiot? Who's an idiot? That's nice. And uh, then the, and then the other girl in the advertising agency is an idiot. Like there's yeah. no good people. The Ex- only person who's got any brains is Frances Dink- McDormand. I would say it's Peter. A Dinklage. woman. I meant. I meant woman who's got oh, yeah. any brains. Well, you could say maybe her boss at the like the. She's so underused. The trinket she's shop really... might have brains, but she's in prison the whole movie. I actually feel like Penelope kind of got the short end of the stick because she's clearly trying to be better than this small town. Yeah. yeah. And she's also one of the three people, two people of color in it until the police chief No, arrived. no, I'm no, talking the about girlfriend. the 19-year-old oh, girlfriend. Oh, sorry, the girlfriend. I think she's actually the like, the, okay. well, Red, she's just stuck in a really bad, uh, and you meet girls like that a lot who think that their way out is going to be to be with an older man. Like, yeah. they're, they're bored and they're stunted. So they, like, 
date older men because that's the closest thing they have to like any sort of mental stimulation. So it's probably not a whole lot of choice in this. Yeah. Time. And yeah. instead of getting out because they don't have the support system to do that. And that's where like Penelope felt like a more interesting character to me. Like there's literally any avenue this movie could have taken that would have been better. But like examining racist cops through the lens of like a rape victim and using black people as props is just so wrong. Well, I'm not saying about anything about any of it. Yeah. yeah and that, it's no, like, like it would be, it'd be so one thing if those things had a punchline or a, 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 an end a point, point a point to it a message a th- like something like here here's what you're going to think about at the end of this movie and the movie demands that you just well, ignore the, it the thing that they try to say about his character from what i gathered his uh, being um i keep forgetting his name hammer uh, sam rockwell sam rockwell uh his name is Hammer Iron and Man Iron Man 2. Just oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You got to speak pregnancy brain. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one villain that they got rid of in the Marvel movies. I'm like, why the frick did you leave him behind? Use they him resurrected again. him as Guy Pierce. They're the same thing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Can we talk about that instead? No. Um, <laughs> but so one of the big issues with this movie is... Uh, it's whether or not you can think of his character as being sympathetic. Or whether or not he... Because a lot of people, to me, said that they hated this movie because they don't like that they say that that he gets redeemed at the end. And I'm like, I don't think he gets redeemed at the end. No one gets redeemed. Uh, Really, honestly, the message of this movie is that he's a product of his upbringing and it's not his fault. Which has a lot of problems within it as well. Because we've seen It's Always Sunny. She's raised at least one good son. (laughs) (laughs) Because they talk about... talk about that? She's so good in this movie. Because especially they almost like say it verbatim in the letter that uh, Willoughby leaves him and be like, I know you got a hard rap in this world with how your parents raised you, your dad died, you take care of your mom all this stuff, but you need to learn how to love to be a detective. I'm like, well, So he murders. Uh... And so it's just such a weird message because, yes, you can be a product of your upbringing, but you need to, that's not a really good excuse because you need to be know that and stop it. It's the excuse we use, or people use today, like, oh, it's just part of the upbringing, it's just how it is. No, it's, it needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you then, well, then you change it. it. You you, I, you become aware of it and you do something about it. And the movie is like, well, it's just, it is what you, it is. You get the chance where he's starting to be more aware of it, but yeah. then the movie ends. I, I also, yeah, issues with the fact that he's supposedly becoming a better person at the end. So we see that he's racist right off the bat. And then at the end, maybe he's less racist, except how did he get he's, there? He's still he, just as racist. Well, he's just more aware of it. But, like, yeah. I mean, we sh- you don't show him having, like... But alleged. still totally violent, because he's leaving with a shotgun to go <laughs> yeah. kill yeah. a guy. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you don't... For, for making such a big deal about how racist he is, you don't see, like, almost any scenes of him. You see, like, one scene of him interact, really interacting with a person of color. Like, and, yeah. and you don't... Like, even at the end, the people of color are in the bar watching him get his beat down, and they're like, oh, stop beating him. And that's it. Like, there's no... There's That's because people of color are props in this yes. film. They're yeah. just you window dressing. You have a racist person, but bad. you never have opportunities to show any, like... you. He's just generally racist. There's no point where he's confronted with it, ever. Yeah. And then just speaking about racism in the movie in and of itself and whether or not this was McDonough's plan or not, hopefully it wasn't. But like I took issue with the you have the the one black guy who puts up the billboards and then mm-hmm. you have her He's boss. He's the closest thing to a yeah. black character we get in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, but sure, then you have her boss at the trinket shop yeah. who's uh, a black person. And the first time they see each other, the next scene, they're on a date. And it's like... Oh my God, you're right. Really? Like, 
what what are you saying here? It's like uh, I'm like, a black person in this town. You're yeah, a black person in this town, it, and there's no way if there's only two black people in this town that they didn't already know each other. Yeah, there's but more be like, black people because uh, there's some on the street when he goes and uh, t- interrogates Banshee for the first time. Oh, okay. yeah, but but it'd be like the, the equivalent would be like having uh, a female little person come in the movie, and then the last scene would be <laughs> her and Peter Dinklage on a date. Oh, like it all yeah. worked out, and it's like yeah. Martin, what are you doing, man? Yeah. That's like people who like, I know a gay person, you're gay, yeah. you guys should go out. You should be married forever. <laughs> yeah. Also, with, with how charged that that you know, beatdown of Sam Rockwell was in that bar, there's no way the scene ends that way. Like, it just, it, it, it'll escalate. But it does it, in this universe. It does in this universe where yeah. it's like, everything just kind of ends tidily, and it's like, uh, That's something that that charge... It doesn't! Watching... It doesn't end tidily, it doesn't end! It's so yeah. confusing! Watching this is so isn't, isn't. frustrating too, because like, so much of it borrows from portions of my life and there's a really great episode where justin throw is guest starring in parks and rec and ron swan and he's like leslie's attorney boyfriend i swear i'm getting to a point with this i was trying to place where it was in parks and rec and it's one of my one of my favorite things because he kind of meddles in leslie's life thinking he knows better without actually understanding the town of pawnee and leslie's background and what her world is and ron calls him an emotional tourist and it's a point that's like really stuck with me and this movie watching it was like someone trying to be an emotional tourist in a space that I've occupied mm-hmm. and know so, intimately. Is it? Do you so think, to explain a little bit, you have family yeah, in law was, enforcement. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. my dad was a police officer in a smallish town, not as small as this, but like in the Midwest, we were four hours outside of Missouri. Um, Three hours outside Chicago, like yeah. close to major cities. Yeah, but yeah. like right on the Iowa-Illinois border, it, it wasn't a small, but it's racially diverse, especially the town that I grew up in, more so than your town. Brian and I grew up near each other. But my dad's law enforcement, and he actually did encounter like some really bad politics in his police department. He solved a cold case that was botched because racist police discounted a man's life there was a a drug dealer that was shot in front of his children and they never bothered to solve the crime now my dad like my dad is a hero but not to make him sound like on this like amazing (laughs) pedestal like my dad's cool but he like really he had to really push back against a lot of internal politics to solve this crime so i've seen this all firsthand like how racist police departments in small towns can operate i've seen like uh I've lived in these like diverse but weird small towns for yeah. a long time, and I've encountered like I've also met you know cops that are domestic. I mean, we've all met like DV survivors and stuff, but I've sure. also like been in uh, an abusive relationship where I was gaslit to the point where like and and just had people say, "Well, it's your word against his." And so like never physically abused, but like I get this, like I get this world. I've inhabited this world, and he just got it all wrong. Yeah, you know, it, and, and with no, and, and I think he thought he was like coming in and kind of white knighting and like, look what I have to say as like a Scottish playwright about American culture. And it's like, go fuck yourself. I guess <laughs> for me, like that's, it's just like, go like, stop. You, you had some interesting threads and you're too stupid or pigheaded or caught in your own shit to pursue any of them. Even down it, to the suicide, which yes, having experience that is like, it's like the one thing that seems so like everything else is so untidy, like you said, but like then his notes are so tidy and yeah. like sent out and so perfect. It's like this, the perfect like, suicide. I would and it's like, well, watch fuck you. PS I love you. If this is the movie that you're going to try to make, <laughs> homie. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it's just, it, it is a, this movie is a very good example of like somebody who's like standing outside a window thinking they can do everything inside. It's like, clear it's just, he's never lost somebody. Well, to suicide. No, he like, might have. I yeah. mean, that you can't really make those bold claims. He yeah. might have, but he could have taken something different from it. And he just doesn't know how to articulate it in right. a film. Like, and, 
And I was thinking about, like, in, in Bruges, there is one, first of all, not like a hundred of them. There is one letter that is read out loud. And it's funny, but it also is our first introduction to Harry. Um, yeah. And it's full mm. of cuss words. And it, it like, it, that letter <laughs> serves a purpose. It's not preachy. It, it gives you, it also gives you a laugh. Like, it's used judiciously. Here, it's just all these letters are like, let me tell you all of the things that I've been thinking. Me Like, it's, it's, it's. Like doing a lot of telling, not showing. Like you could totally see this being read aloud around an audience with curtains closed Absolutely. while they're putting new sets up. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. It also feels a little like the yeah. It feels like a decent draft of a play, but a first draft of a script mm-hmm. where he yeah. really needed someone to come in and say, "Find your focus." He needed what are somebody you doing? from edit, small edit, town edit. who knows small town. Like he needs like the people who did like uh, Stranger Things, like somebody who knows yeah. like yeah. what it is to be in a small town and yeah. not to be like mocking it or just like doing the stereotypical like or just stereotypes like it just felt like yeah. small town stereotypes that it nobody... is a fine line I mean, like, yeah. it does feel it's kind of like when people go over to europe and they go to the quote-unquote american section of the grocery store and what you find <laughs> is a jar of um ten dollar no <laughs> flat it's not phloem where it's i love phloem Schlarm. It's like it's, it's like icing, but it's puffier, like marshmallows. Whipped cream, Cool Whip, marshmallow fluff. Oh sta- um, yeah, marshmallow fluff, fluff, a jar of fluff. fluff. I think that's what it's actually called. Still speaking pregnancy brand. Uh, <laughs> and that's what they have. I like. I read a, a thing about like European countries and the American section of the grocery store, and that's the one common thing is that there's this jar of. Uh, marshmallow fluff, and that's what they think of Americans. <laughs> but it, it's kind so of so. It's just like it's like that. It says it's so negative and yeah, just I, like we're all fat. I remember, yeah, <laughs> somebody, terrible. Somebody telling me one of their favorite American shows was Jerry Springer, and I was like, No, <laughs> you have that. This, I mean, this is what they think one. of us <laughs> but sometimes. No, Mario, not yeah, that's going to be our impression <laughs> overseas. But there is something to be said. Like it, it is kind of interesting to be on the receiving end of this because we're usually not. Yeah. Like more mm. often than not, it's that's us true. just steamrolling other countries' culture yeah. and going, Yeah, we know Ireland. Fuck you, and it's like. Like, they're all it, drunk and they're hilarious. Yeah, check out Grabbers, although I think that was made by Irish people. But it, it's like <laughs> there is something like kind of interesting to be on the receiving end of this because usually it, we're not. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's interesting. Maybe people across seas are like, yeah, this and is that a great could be one. why like, so many people hate it because it is very offensive to what people think American culture is. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about some scenes that I actually enjoyed in the movie because as much as I want to just take a dump on it the whole way through, there are some things that I actually think are really good in it. Um, and per- the guy I want to start with is uh, he's the guy from X-Men First Class. And Banshee. Uh, he played Banshee in First okay. Class. And, and, and the Jones. brother in Get Out. Yeah. Uh, and he was also the brother in Get Out. He's had a, He's been having a pretty it's good... It's a very good career so far. Yeah. He's I mean, small, but... Yeah, but he's. Been, I want to look up his name. Did you... Caleb, have, Caleb get, Landry Jones. That's it. Thank you. Um, he's great, and I really like him throughout the entire movie like he's a character that actually felt real to me he didn't feel like forced in any situation and given the moment to be a shithead many times he doesn't go that route and i I buy it every time like even when he's forced to share a hospital room with the guy who threw him out of a fucking window oh man he still goes and gets him a glass of orange juice like and i i love those moments and like the performance in that scene just totally sells it of just like holy fuck i'm stuck in here with you and you can just see that he hates it but he's going to be the better person. And it, I, I thought that was great. It mirrors his intro with uh, with Mildred. Yeah. Um, because he's like, oh, I'm so annoyed, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we have these billboards. What do you want with them? And he's kind of making fun of her. And then he cuts her a really good deal. 
Yeah. Like, because well, he realizes who she is. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a kindness underlying. Like, there's that bravado because I think he probably needs it to survive in this town. Yeah, and then he, of, he, he just looks like a guy like whose dad a, recently died and he inherited the store. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. But yeah, I like that. Like, and that stays a theme through his character the whole way through. I thought he personally, and I know people might disagree, I think he was the strongest character in the whole movie. Well, He's only in it for like 10 Him minutes, and Peter so. Dinklage are like the moral center, yeah. if anything. Because oh, they're I the love... only ones that don't do yeah. anything wrong and they're trying to be good people. But Peter oh. Dinklage still covers up for France McDormand He also And he also <laughs> takes advantage of that and parlays it into a date. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but I do theater. like when he finally lets her have it at the end of the date and he's like, he basically tells her she's a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. I, and yeah. I'm not the catch. Yeah. Which, I mean, he kind of is a catch. He's a good-looking dude. Which is still, it's such a, I I don't know, it was still such a nice guy move. Like, oh, you don't like me? Well, guess what? I think you're a bitch. And it's like, come on, dude, come on. But he's right, though. She is a bitch. Yeah, I like her son, though. And he delivered those those lines better. You old cunt. I'm not old. (laughs) That's one thing that I would, oh, like the the flashback to uh, the daughter. Like, I love and hate that scene because... You know, you can have those uh, conversations with your parents where you make jokes. They're kind of terrible jokes, but they have love behind them. And he says, the brother says, don't be a cunt. And then the mom says, there's only one cunt in this household or something like that. No, we we don't Uh, say there's no more cunts in this house. Yeah. yeah. And And then it, and then that, that that whole scene has like negative but positive feelings to it. And then suddenly she's just screaming at her daughter, I hope you do get raped. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, that ju- that just stung negative. Like, there was no positive swing to that at all. And I think that's one thing that bothers, bothers me is at no point in this movie does she acknowledge that she fucked up. It's always everyone else's well, fault. Well, I think that's what's driving her insane. I think mm. this movie, she's losing her mind, which is illustrated by her doing that thing with the slippers talking to each other. Mm. So I really oh, just feel like she's losing. Crucify the motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she's slowly losing her mind this entire movie, because she knows she's responsible in some way, and she desperately needs somebody else to she, blame. Uh, that's not fair to say that she was responsible because no, she had a fight with her daughter. She a, she, yeah, she's partially responsible. Yeah, she clearly is not a very good mother. Well, no, I, but I mean, the, the her being her a bad mom is, also... is not why her daughter got raped and killed. No, but she's blaming herself. She's, her whole That's what life. I mean. She's yeah, she yeah. responsible. She's blaming herself, and instead of offering herself or anyone in this town forgiveness, she's trying to find a sense of control that she's lost. Yeah, she's. Completely. That's what I mean. She's not dealing with it. She's yeah. not acknowledging that. But she's I just said think we need to be really careful daughter. in like discussing. Uh, victims of rape and the families of victims of rape not to blame them for what a fucking rapist and murderer do like I, i'm sorry just okay so uh, yeah i'll rephrase that yeah. what i meant is she's not dealing with it she's not dealing she's not confronting her own feeling of of responsibility and and, yeah. and acknowledging it instead yeah. she's running around blaming everyone else instead of dealing with her own like guilt or her own yeah. like she's just pretending she, yeah. it doesn't exist my god does she there needs to be a therapist in this town i don't no think there shit. is one <laughs> Oh, he he'd be book solid. Yeah. Or she. Who, Actually, no him? one would go see him because therapy's for losers. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just that that scene itself also comes at a very like, oh, of course the scene would come at this moment. Well, and it's and not even that, but it's like, of course she'd have that interchange. It's, like, that's, it's just like the movie's just kind of on the nose. It like, felt wow. like an add-on too. Like we can't have a movie about this girl who's died without showing her. Yeah. Mm. And it was like, oh, she's so in a refrigerator. She, yeah. So she gets one token scene, and then. One token awful scene. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like, oh, okay. that's, and that's all we see of her. And that, like, the choice was to show the, the awful. Money from your mom. 
Like, how hard would that yeah. have been? Yeah. And it's such a weird choice to have the the, the only no, thing no, we I see. I don't know where cabs are in this town, though. Yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just weird that the only thing we get to see of the daughter is her in an awful like an awful way to see her. Yeah. Just not flattering. They're fighting. And it's just like, it's. Well, what was the point of that? Yeah, this movie, if only to be on the nose, and then, well, what? Why? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you trying to do here? And she has Nirvana posters in her bedroom. Of course, because of course she would. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this Nirvana. movie has like Mark Millar levels, like hatred for its characters. It's just yeah. kind of like yeah. weird. Um, there, there's one more scene that I want to talk about that I actually really enjoy, and it's just a hundred percent performance because it just shows kind of how pathetic this guy is, and it's the scene where Sam Rockwell gets fired. Um, oh, I think that entire scene, like from the moment the replacement sheriff or uh, chief shows up to the end of that scene, I think is phenomenal. There's a really great shot in that. That was my favorite moment of the movie, actually, because, yeah. because of the shot. It's when he's got his feet up on the desk and the camera is, is like the feet are in frame and the cop is behind a pillar and he leans back to look at Sam Rockwell and it's like, oh, what the fuck is your problem face? Yeah. But it's like the way he leans, the framing of that shot is that was probably my favorite moment in the movie because it was just a really well framed so scene. Good. I think the entire yeah. sequence is really, really well done. Like if the whole movie had been done that well, we might be having a different conversation today yeah. because like that one had a good comment on like racist cops, um, like how they need to be put in their place and the, like, the whole scene of like, uh, give me your gun and your badge and he stands up hands with a gun and then doesn't know where his badge is it's mm-hmm. just like it's painful to watch but in like a really good way like it's a it's a performance that Sam Rockwell is like totally in his wheelhouse and he just nailed it well it's- I uh, from like a props and set deck standpoint for his character as well they did a very good job Oh yeah, because like with the, him reading comic books, he has toys on his desk. He has an open jar of Jif peanut butter with a knife <laughs> in it. Like he's clearly a man child. And then when he's at home, he's totally slaved to what his mom says, and he has a pet turtle. Like this is a man who has not really grown up. He just got a no. grown up job. And even then, it kind of feels like somebody just gave him that job. Like he was yeah. in the academy. Like they joke about how he was in it way too long. And and his mom was played by Sandy Martin, who we all know is a. Uh, Max mom. Max's mom, mom on yeah. Always Sunny, and it's just kind of great to see her talk. Yeah. yeah. She says terrible things, but she's talking. Yeah, yeah. she's not doing... <laughs> but I will agree, that, that, scene, maybe? that scene felt satisfying, and maybe that, if you could sum up the problem with this movie, is nothing ever feels satisfying, yeah. except for that scene. And Everything again, I, else is just sort of left open. And I, I wonder if that was the point, and if it just didn't, like, if it just wasn't executed properly. Because... People loved this movie and they think that it worked and I, I just I don't know why. Like Because no I, one saw Wind River. <laughs> I didn't see Wind River. I wanted oh to see Wind River. Way better movie about a small town law enforcement dealing with a string of rapes um in the native community and they handle it really well. It's it's awesome. It's the and the director is Hell or High Water, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. And same uh, director? I thought it was not. I, it's, thought it was same I think it's the same writers. Oh. Um because it's but it was oh, it was wonderful. And everyone who watched three billboards and liked it should watch wind river and think on your sins. <laughs> um, anyway, but yes, I, I think yeah. it might be the same people who really think crash is a great movie. It's the idea uh, of white people telling I other white crash. people about racism. See, and that's another makes us all be like, like, oh, yeah, this is important. But you're saying that about the wrong thing. That's another movie where I go, there's scenes in this that really work. And yeah. that's about it. And this is the same problem. This is a movie where scenes work. The movie does not. Ta- yesterday, we were talking about how Brian and I have movies that he, he hates, like fervently hates more films than I. And people were trying to figure out what movies I fervently hate. And we just thought of Transformers. But I also hate Crash. That's true. Fucking hate that movie. I was talking to somebody the other day day who said they had a friend who once was such a like a, a fake woke person that 
they walked up to a group of black people at a bar and was like, I just want you guys to know I'm an ally for you. Oh, God. Like, oh, no, 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 no. And they almost like beat the shit out of this person. Yeah. So just you like, don't know them. Oh, gosh. Don't do that. Don't no. ever announce yourself as an ally, you dipshit. No. That's oh. kind of like, I'm an ally for I, you now. Follow me into this van. Yeah. Come on, oh, fellow no. allies. <laughs> I just would have loved for them to actually be like, real like hard-edged criminals and they were like okay we'll help come come yeah. rob this place with us now you don't know who the frick they are just stop making oh my god god that's i feel uncomfortable just hearing yeah, that. yeah. don't just uh, walk up to strangers right. and say that shit i think we should move into quotes i don't Wait, know what can else i can say one more thing sure okay the deer scene can we talk oh, oh, the oh, terrible the cgi scene. you guys can the cgi deer and the cgi baby from uh, american sniper ride off into the ah! cgi sunset only if they can go with the cgi rhinos from black Black Panther. Obviously. <laughs> but also, it's just this ridiculously long, on-the-nose speech to the deer. And uh, and my roommate was telling me about the movie Queen. They had a similar... The, the Queen, rather. They had a similar scene where Elizabeth... There's all these people tracking this deer, and Elizabeth finds herself alone with it. And all she says to it is, Oh, you beauty. And she doesn't say anything else. And you get the idea, and that deer ends up becoming a huge metaphor for like her life, and it and it teaches her a lesson, and you don't need it explained, and it doesn't. But in, when in the opposite is here, uh, Mildred gives this long speech to the deer that's super on the nose, and yet I still don't understand what the fuck that scene was about. Uh, I mean, it's I think even it was done an better. Attempt at humanizing her more, or something yeah, right. like that. But it's even done better in like The Sopranos with the ducks in the first season, mm. I think the first episode. It's like yeah, like the, having a character who have a like a, an emotional connection to an animal. It's done a lot, and it's done mm. well a lot. But having them monologue at the animal forever about, like, hey, you might be my reincarnated daughter, but you're not, because that's bullshit. It's like, what? then what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and like, why couldn't you find an animal wrangler? Come on, just get a real Get deer. a goddamn deer. They're everywhere. They're not hard. <laughs> or have it be a bunny. Yeah, or anything else. And I'm still a raccoon. A deer, I'm still confused <laughs> about... Why deer became like the American ideal of like perfection and innocence? Because they taste really good. Oh. Is that why? They you know, taste like, so pure. You know what would be amazing if it was like a possum that walked up and just was like, <laughs> and then she was like, that you might be great. my daughter. That would have been you such bitch. a better scene. That would actually okay, have been so more the fitting. Told my doll, daughter is in that possum, not in you, Honey too. Badger. Because it's like their whole relationship was so like obviously like full of, like really tumultuous, and now here's this gentle deer, and she's like, "You might be my daughter." Why the fuck would that deer be your daughter? Your relationship with your daughter was nothing yeah. like your relationship with this. The deer CGI pulls deer. out like bears its fangs and pulls out a knife. <laughs> well, I mean, wow, you are my daughter. Yeah, you are. I mean, if anything, well. that just ties into the whole idea of the purity of the young woman being scorned and raped and blah, yeah. blah, blah, and how awful. That's the greatest sin of all, of potentially raping a virgin. Because, I don't know. This movie's a, this movie's a rough ride. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're moving to quotes so we can... <laughs> Next week will be more fun. Yeah. Uh, or last week. I don't or know when these are all week. coming out. <laughs> uh, so I'll go first with my quote because it's, again, from Welby uh, or Red, uh, my favorite character in the movie and the only one that I think is worth watching. Uh, it's when he first comes and has uh, all the police officers basically like, we know you're the ones who put up the billboards. We need to know who bought the billboards. And he's like, I can't disclose that information. And he, the cop says, where'd you read that? And he goes, a book. What book, genius? The book called Suck My Butt. It's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Uh, I'll just I'll take my quote from him as well, but in the hospital when he's dealing with Sam Rockwell and he he just screams at him, "Stop crying, 
Like, I That's don't, a good one. I don't want to hear you cry. I hate you. Uh, I, I, I'm really obsessed over the deer scene. Um, <laughs> Martin McDonough is amazing and a brilliant writer. Uh, so it's really upsetting when he writes something so on the nose as the following quote that she tells to the deer. She got killed and now she's dead forever. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's snort worthy. <laughs> oh, that's a swing and a miss there. <laughs> Some great A writing right there. Jeez. That Academy Award nominee writing. Yeah. Right there. That got nominated for a fucking Academy Award. You know, was this movie... (laughs) Crumble, crumble. (laughs) This movie came out last year, which was 2017. I don't know how long it took him to make it or write it, but like... It would be an amazing response from a uh, British person about Trump becoming president. Sure. It is a movie about terrible racist people. Yeah. It's about nothing, so it can be about everything, right? Bad dialogue (laughs) totally works into Trumpism. This movie is genius. We're all wrong. Brilliant. Uh, so my quote uh, is when uh, Mildred bursts into the police op- uh, the, op- the police station. She's like, hey, fuckhead. And Dixon's like, what? And the sergeant's like, don't say that, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a fuckhead. <laughs> it's like just his response. What? It's kind of like kind of encompasses the movie, too. Don't reply to someone who calls you a dickhead. Fuckhead. Mm-hmm. Fuckhead. <laughs> so, yeah. I have the exchange between Dixon and the desk sergeant. And Dixon says, what are you, an idiot? And the desk sergeant says, don't call me an idiot, Dixon. And he says, I didn't call you an idiot. I asked if he was an idiot. That was a question. <laughs> uh, that's, that's much better than Emily's line. Emily's line is very upsetting. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, st- I'm seeing red from it. I, uh, I'm also looking at your shirt, too. So <laughs> Which question? Is, it, is a thing of law enforcement white guys asking a black man for his papers a reference to slavery? Oh. I don't know. This movie doesn't because if he's like I'm a free man, let me see your papers. Like I feel like that was a thing at one point. It could have been. I don't. It's also just the the constant. uh, You have to validate yourself all the time. Like even though he walked in there with authority, they're like, Oh yeah, let me see your papers. He had a badge on his belt. You don't. You don't fit with my idea. Also, they obviously didn't watch The Wire. (laughs) (laughs) This guy has authority. Uh, All right. So review system for today is going to be this one's entirely interpretive, and you guys can do whatever the hell you want with it. (laughs) Movies who don't know what they're talking about oh man okay huh i'm gonna go first with showgirls um (laughs) you love that movie i do love that movie but it's awful and i like this movie and it's not very good i i should just stop there before i make this worse um but no basically i'm going with that one because it's a movie where i don't think anyone other than fucking verhoven knows what the hell it's about and everyone thinks it's about one thing, and it might be about something else, and it might just be about could we get Elizabeth Berkeley to get naked for an entire movie? Nope, turns out we can't. Yeah. Um, but like the movie, it's just so out of touch with everything that it's kind of this beautiful mess. And I almost wish this movie had been more of a beautiful mess instead of just a depressing one. I have one. Go for I it. Think I referenced it already, but Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> Fuck, I Not was only... say Fifty Shades. Well, there's three movies. I only picked one. <laughs> this one is a bad example of a BDSM relationship. It's a completely unrealistic example of like what happens when someone gets kidnapped. And they have that freaking Dodge Durango chasing down the Audi. It's unforgivable. Uh, next. Willard. <laughs> Rats don't do that. They're not always screaming. They don't really make noise unless you hurt them. And they're not going to try to take control of your mind. Like. I mean, ours do every night. Well, yeah. <laughs> there are bad rats out there, but they're not all this evil guys. Stop making it bad like that. 
All right, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the obvious one uh, since it was mentioned, but it, to me, this is the version of that movie. It's Crash. This okay. is this mm. is today's Crash. Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Crash Boom Bang. <laughs> That's the sequel title. <laughs> Crash Two. <laughs> Crash Boom Bang. Well, I'm gonna go after a movie that a lot of people love. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh, Dangerous Minds. Uh, uh, no, I don't think that aged well at all. No, it's not. And I was a school teacher. That is not what teaching is like. Uh, <laughs> no, what really? What? As a white lady, you do not walk into a room full of black kids. Go, I was a marine, and they all suddenly love you, and and suddenly you save them from their Dude. sad little Were you black playing Coolio lives. as you said you it though? Because you gotta play Coolio. You gotta no, play Coolio <laughs> to feel like you belong, or to make them feel that way. You need to sit in your chair backwards and put on a leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah, everything I know about life is now just in question. Yeah, it's not, guys. That is not. Don't be a teacher if you think it's going to be dangerous months. But that's what people every class is like. That hey, you kids. That's what people would always say to me when I would tell them I was teaching in a low-income neighborhood. Is they'd always be like, "Oh, like dangerous minds," and I would be like, "No, no, more like to serve with love." That's a good movie. It does have one of my favorite lines of all time, though. It's when he orders the chicken. He's like, "I have a chicken." A whole one? <laughs> it's Honestly, such a great line. I haven't seen that movie since it was in theaters, so I don't even remember it very well. I've watched it many times just for that one I have scene. no urge to rewatch <laughs> it. Uh, okay, so that brings today's episode to a close. Uh, hopefully yeah. you, you made it all the way through and you didn't just go, they're wrong, fuck you. Yeah, somebody definitely yeah. oh, did. For Somebody's sure. already destroyed their <laughs> listening device and can no longer hear us talking. Um, Jokes on them. Their device is expensive. <laughs> and then we're supporting the economy because they have to go out and buy a new one. Yeah. Yep. I do feel bad that we didn't really have the perspective from someone who actually enjoyed this movie. They would have had an upsetting day as we That's all jumped down their throat. So maybe true. we did that. I don't actually know anyone who adores this movie. Uh, so I'm not sure where we are release wise because we are really we are recording a whole bunch of what I like to call evergreen episodes because Chewie and I are going to disappear when a baby shows up. So either next week is Jumanji or it could be uh, Murder in the Orient Express or it could be any other thing. Um, so I'm either back or not back again, yeah. depending. <laughs> Who knows? This is going to be very confusing for you. Um, but I I do have two episodes finished of our new show, uh, Venture Brothers, or Venture Bros, a Venture Brothers podcast. Uh, we are recording two more next week, so we'll have four, and those will start coming out as well as these. And then, yeah, that's everything I had to plug for that. Oh, and go to ATHpod.com. Uh, Sam, do you have anything to plug? Not really. Keep enjoying the Grinch advertisements. Cool. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> Uh, it, June. Okay. June. June. So if it's June now, it's already out. And if it's not yeah, June now, it's go not to the out. theater. Check Wait it for out. June. <laughs> nice. Uh, Emily, anything to plug? EmilyBlakesos.com. Hire what? me to make a cosplay for you or buy a 13th Dr. Coat, which you can find in my Etsy shop, which is called Emily Blake Sews. Hooray. I will also plug my Etsy shop since I finally started putting stuff back on it. Uh, right now, it has all of our vintage uh, betting sheets that I would like to sell. I'd recently sold the fitted Joker's uh, one, so I was just like, oh, yeah. Uh, but that is called Novelty Deer, and it's spelled those way. With, those are <laughs> Deer's and the spelled. animal is Deer's and Deer oh, Chewy. Deer How do you deer spell your name? Chewy. <laughs> deer is CGI chewy. Deer? No, no CGI Deer. Novelty CGI Deer. There you Novelty go. Novelty Deer. As a frequent <laughs> customer of Chewy's, I can attest to the quality of her taste. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm kind of sad to get rid of all of our old sheets, but I'm like, what am I actually going to do with these? I've held them on for them for years. We've moved them. And our child twice. will probably not care about any of these things. <laughs> he will care. We're holding on to the Ninja Turtles stuff because he might care about yeah, that he one. Will. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's <laughs> it for today. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.